Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you this evening, God, just to tell you thank you once again, Father. Thank you. God, we thank you right now, God, for life, health, and strength, God. God, we thank you for our marriages, God. We thank you for our helpmates, Father God. God, we ask right now, God, that you that you give us wisdom, knowledge, mm -hmm. God, and understanding of one another, God. Help us to be stronger, God. Help us to pray for one another, God. Help us to be more patient with one another, God. Help us to discover more about our mates, Father. God, enrich our marriages, God. God, give us, God, uh, uh, the the know-how to be able to communicate with our mate, God, in a proper manner, God. God, we ask all these things in your son Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Amen. So, let's get into it. All right, so, first off, what we're going to be talking about, we are going to talk about the three surprising things that you may not have known that the Bible actually said about marital sex. All right. Oh, yeah, that's our topic, guys. Sex, just in case you missed it. Sex, sex, sex. Thank you for the interlude. <laughs> All right. So um, if you have your pencils and your pens and you want to take notes, great. All right. So. Number one, and the three surprising things that you might not have known that the Bible said about sex. Number one is, it's good. Honor it, cherish it, and protect it. Yes, Lord. Uh-huh. Uh, in contemporary culture, Christianity is generally portrayed as sexually repressive um, in the most extreme sense. So generally what they're saying is they think Christians don't really care about sex. We just do it just to procreate, which is not true. Not true. Amen. So the Bible says that the first uh, says that the first husband and wife were, quote unquote, both naked and were not ashamed in Genesis chapter two, uh, verse twenty five. So we see that before the fall, before sin, uh, sex was part of the created order. It was part of the created order. It was good. Not only was it good, but it was very good. Very good. Uh huh. And was engaged in freely without inhibition of any kind of man or woman. So it was free. They were doing it, getting it on. And the Bible says that it was good. But the Bible says that sex was affected by the fall, which we do know, between Adam and Eve. Um, but it remains something to be celebrated and protected throughout the entire portions of Scripture. So... In the book of Proverbs, the wise father instructs his son to rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times all with time. delight. Be intoxicated woo, always in her love. And that's Proverbs chapter five, verses 18 through 19. So. We have to let marriage be held in honor among all and let marriage be undefiled, which is found in Hebrews 13 and 4. So what's that saying? It's saying that sex between a husband and wife um, should never be a cause for shame. And that's one big thing that God wants us to understand on tonight. Sex between a husband and wife should never be something that you should be ashamed of 
shameful to say, shameful to share between each other, or shameful to give advice to someone else that might need it. It should be honored, it should be cherished, and it should be, watch this, enjoyed as the gift that the good Lord has blessed us with. And um, let us enjoy it. All right? That's number one. And that was that sex is good. You should honor it. You should cherish it. And you should protect it at all costs. And we'll get number three. We'll really hone in into um, protecting it. So number two, it says, husbands, we owe it to our wives. Let me say that again. Husbands, we owe it to our wives. Now, why does God want us to understand that on tonight? We see that many historians think that the most surprising thing that the Bible says about sex is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 3 through 4. And it says, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, conjugal, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. marital sexual rights by law, her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. Now, this next part is, was so controversial back then. It says, for the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Watch this. And it says, likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Now, back in these days and back in the old biblical times, um, Paul here is saying that um, sex should be shared freely and it should be shared evenly across the board. Now, back in these times, the the patriarch was the head of the family and everything surrounded around what the male, uh, what the king of the household, what he he wanted, what he needed. So whenever he needed sex, he was just supposed to get his sex from his wife and then he can go on about his daily routines or whatever he was doing. But what Paul is saying and why it was so controversial is, is because Paul is saying that sex is should be shared and it should be beautiful and it should be on an even platform amen so when paul followed up his statement by saying um the reverse that the husband does not have authority over his own body but the wife does he clearly is pointing to a radical restriction on the husband's sexual freedom um it communicates Uh, negatively his obligation to refrain from and engaging in sexual relations with another than his wife because now sex is on an even platform he has no reason to go out and seek love or seek sex from someone else amen this statement even uh evens the playing field regarding sexual activity in a marriage Uh, we are no longer only concerned about what the man's needs are regarding sex we are now equal benefactors and this is a 50 50 experience can i get an amen right there amen amen number three it says married couples should have it often i'm mm-hmm. gonna say that mm-hmm. one more time mm-hmm. married couples you should be having sex and not only having it but you should be enjoying it and enjoy it as often as you do shall please that's what the bible say that's what it say see look at this Back in the old days, Queen Victoria, um, she famously instructed the Christian ladies in her realm to lie back and think of the empire. Now, why do I say that? Because this was a view of sex that seemed very pessimistic and pragmatic in its most extreme. But thankfully, the Bible presents a very different view of marital sex. In addition to the goodness, the generosity, and the reciprocity mentioned above, 
The scriptures also recommend a level of frequency. Uh-huh. Frequency, frequency, frequency. That many modern Bible readers find quite surprising. Amen. So the apostle Paul, the apostle Paul tells us, Amen. Thank you for coming on. We ask that you mute your lines, please. So the Apostle Paul tells us, he says in 1 Corinthians 7 and 5, do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Watch this. But then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So at most, married couples should set aside a few days Set aside a few days for dedicated prayer and spiritual observance. When they agree. When they agree. Only if both parties are in agreement. But then it says, but then you should come together and not only come together, but do it quickly. Lest they, lest you be tempted to sexual immorality. So what is it saying? It says sex should be great. It should be powerful. It should be beautiful. It should be nothing to be ashamed of. And the Bible tells you too. The only time you should be not having sex is when you're in prayer. And after you finish praying, you come back together and you have some more sex. And now this is in its most extreme, but God wants us to understand that when we enjoy sex with our partners and with our mates, and we have it as frequently as, as, as do possible, this closes the gap in letting the enemy seep in and planting that seed of sexual immorality in the minds of his children. We have to leave no room for temptation, amen? So in closing, in closing, as in the Old Testament, so in the New Testament, frequent marital intercourse is prescribed Prescribed, that means it's medicine. It's prescribed by God as a guard against the wandering eye and the lustful heart. Yes. The assumption is that um, if we drink deeply from our own from our own well, we will be less tempted to draw from another neighbor's well. And you can find that in Proverbs chapter 5, verse 15. There is great wisdom and there's great joy in following God's word when it regards to marital sex so let us remember one sex is good honor it cherish it and protect it two husbands you owe it to your wives this is a 50 50 experience and it should be beautiful and we should treat it as such and number three remember married couples you should have sex often have it have it often enjoy it because it's beautiful and it's medicine straight from the hands of god god bless you uh, and I just want to add that when we, we are not having sex or when we're withholding sex, you now leave the door open to the enemy for sexual immorality in your relationship. So when you're going months and months and months not having it or, you know, every now and then, every six months, every whatever, now you have opened the door for the enemy to creep in in one way or another with sexual immorality. So it is more than one reason why we should be having sex. So now I just want to talk about some common problems that people have in sex and how we can get past some of those problems. Now, there are going to be some extreme situations where, um, you know, you may be sick and you cannot have sex. We get it. God gets it. Your husband, your wife gets it. 
Um, there's also issues with, you know, when you're pregnant, you may not want to do it all the time and then vice versa. You may want to do it all the time. Um, so we get that there are certain situations um, and God understands it. Your spouse understands it. But everything else, you have to do some compromising. The first problem we want to talk about is I always have to initiate. My spouse never wants to initiate. Um, so if you are the person that is always initiating and you are sick of it, don't stop initiating. Because when you stop initiating, even though you're sick of it, you don't want to be the only person. When you stop, that causes disappointment. It causes resentment. And now you're not getting sex. And what does that cause? Sexual frustration. Frustration. We need you to continue asking, uh, initiating the sex. And then have a conversation with your spouse about it. And keep having a conversation with your spouse about it. About how this makes you feel. The reason why it is so bad that you're the only person initiating is because now you feel like you are undesired and if you communicate that to your spouse that hey look I feel undesired when you don't come on to me or when you don't initiate sex and it's a problem um, you guys need to talk that out if you are the spouse that does not initiate what's the reason why you don't want to initiate you need to discuss that with your spouse is it because you don't know how to initiate is there some issues there that you haven't communicated with your spouse yet your spouse needs to feel desired so you need to initiate sex and make them feel wanted that's your job as a spouse um, as their sexual partner to make them feel desired. Um, and so make sure that you do that. I know one of the issues Tyrone and I had when we first got married was that, um, you know, he would send signals that he was ready, but I wasn't catching it or vice versa. I would send signals and he wasn't catching it. I was throwing them hard to you. I was throwing them He things. thought he was throwing them hard, but he wasn't. And I so was. we miscommunicated in that way. And so we ended up realizing that we needed to be more forward in our approach with how we, you know, are asking or letting each other know that we want sex. And so we just had to change our approach. Once we changed our approach, everybody got happy. Uh, and we still happy. And we still happy. Um, and so the next, uh, the next problem we want to talk about is uh, making sure that you affirm your partner. When your partner does something good in the bedroom, you need to let them know it's good. Guess why? Because they'll keep doing it. Do not lie to your spouse. Because if you lie to your spouse and say that it's good or that it's something that you want and you really don't, guess what they're going to do? Keep doing it. And you're going to keep being unhappy. So we need to affirm the good things that our partner does and let them know that it's a job well done, as well as when they don't do a good job, not lying about how it feels and make sure that you are not being misleading because that can be painful and it can create false confidence in your marriage. That's right. Um, make sure that you are sacrificing for your spouse. Um, you guys need to make sure that uh, you may not always want to do it. You may not always want to do a certain position or a certain thing, but everybody has to compromise. Everybody has to be happy and you have to do some things every now and then that you may not really want to do in order to please your spouse, just like in any other thing that you are doing. Um, make sacrifices. Now, just to add something just to that, even though you might not feel like doing it at that time, once the ball gets rolling, you start feeling like doing it. I just want to throw that little nugget out there for y'all. <laughs> um, and another big issue is that we don't have sex enough. That's a big problem in marriages. We don't have sex enough. Uh, you have to compromise. Come up with a number. Tyrone, you come up with a number. I'll come up with a number and let's meet in the middle. And then we'll figure out 
how we can make these goals happen. How can we come to this agreed number of trying to increase our uh, frequency that the Bible says that we should be doing? That's right. Uh, so we do need to compromise on how much we are having sex. What if I have kids? That's another problem. You got kids. We got three kids in this house. Oh, how are we going to do it with all these kids in the house? When Let me sleep. just tell you, we find ways. We, you get creative, you find certain times, little pockets in the day, you wait till they go to sleep, you do it early in the morning, do it in the closet, do it in the garage when they're not looking. Whoa. Find places and times and pockets where you're able to do it. Do not allow the blessing that God has given you of children to keep you from your godly duty to your spouse, which is to have sex and to have it what? Often. Often. Um, so we need to find pockets. So that may mean having a quickie every now and then and not having the full, you know, mambo jumbo that y'all used to do. I'm okay with that. Um, and Tyrone is clearly okay with that. But do not let children be the reason why you're not having sex because that creates what? Sexual frustration and that's what we don't want. So find time. If you have to schedule it, schedule it. You know, Tuesday at 9.45, the kids go to bed at 9. That gives us enough time to shower, get ourselves together. Schedule it if you need to. A good way to schedule it, schedule it with a text message, schedule it with a phone call, schedule it with something that'll have them thinking about it until it's time to reconvene. Amen. Amen. There you go. A little picture, you know, a little, a little picture with a little lingerie. You know, they might like that at work. Um, what about another problem? He ejaculates prematurely all the time. He comes faster than you all the time. So now we need to, we need to figure out, is this something that he's just doing because he's selfish and just wants to get his, or is this a medical problem? So we need to talk about the problem. If you don't identify the problem, you can't solve the problem. You need to talk about it, figure out what the issue is. Um, and then once you identify it, if, it become, if, if you feel like it's a medical problem, then you need to go to the doctor because this is a problem in your marriage. Um, and a lot of women have this problem. This is a problem you don't want to talk about, but it is a problem nonetheless. Um, and another issue um, that we talk about is foreplay. Uh, sex does not start when you get in the bedroom. Foreplay right. starts as soon as you wake up in the morning. It goes throughout the day. And you need to continue fostering that intimacy throughout the day so that when you get to that time of night or day or whenever you like to do it, um, that it is easy. So you need to be making sure that you are intimate with each other, having foreplay throughout the day. Um uh, another issue is that um, we come into these relationships, we come into these marriages presenting ourselves in a certain way, looking a certain way, smelling a certain way, doing certain things, and then you get married and you stop doing all of it. Um, you don't want to do your hair. You don't want to look good. You don't want to put it. You used to put on makeup all the time. You never put on makeup anymore. You don't do the things that you used to do. And it, it's almost not fair in a way. And I get that you can't do those things every day, but you need to remind them every now and again who they married. Like, I like to let Tyrone see a little something sometimes. Sometimes I might put on something just to walk around the house in or fix my hair up or put a little makeup on. I ain't going nowhere. I just want him to see 
look who you married. Like you have to remind them, like I'm still that girl. Like I'm still that dude you married. Uh, we want to see that. We want to. We want to smell you coming before you come into the room. That's how you used to do. We still need you to do that. Um, present yourselves whenever you you're about to have sex. You need to take a shower. You need to make sure you are clean. You need to make sure that you are uh, doing the things that you that you need to do in order to be desirable. Um, and then I just want to throw a couple of tips. Um, make sure that you are um, free to be silly. Like this is your spouse. This is the person you got married to. This is the person that you said I do to forever. Like it's okay to be silly. It's okay to make mistakes in the bedroom. It's just y'all. Nobody else is going to know. Nobody else is going to see. Um, be free to have fun. This should be enjoyable. It should be pleasurable. Uh, be free to talk about what feels good what doesn't feel good you have to communicate that that's the only way that things are going to go well is if you communicate what feels good sometimes people don't want to talk about it um and then make sure um that you know every now and then we plan to be married forever right forever is a long time y'all we have got to mix it up you have got to do something a little bit different every now and again um, we can't stay in that same old position doing that same old stuff over and over again. Um, and just something that you might consider, um, they have these uh, novelty stores for adults all over the place. They have them online. Check them out. Try something new. Um, and everything is not for everybody. I'm not telling y'all to go, you know, get some whips and chains and do 50 shades of gray. But you may want to check out a little something to spice it up every now and then. Um, and so after, immediately after the call, um, in five minutes, we are going to have on uh, Miss Vita, and she is from Pure Romance. She's a consultant, and she's going to be going over some products, so we would love, love, love for you guys to join live so that she can go over some products so you guys can have a little more fun. And so we are wrapping up. Um, I'm going to be posting some information that I was we were not able to get to. Um, we knew we would not be able to get to. It's um, going to be some anatomy facts. And I promise you, one of these things Tyrone didn't even know. I know for a fact he didn't know. But it's going to be good anatomy facts, stuff that you need to know in order to have good sex. And I'm going to post it um, a little bit after we get off the call with Miss Vita live. Um, if you are on the call and you are on our Facebook group, uh, please, 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 uh, in order for us to know who you are, I need you to comment sex inside of the group. I posted something. If you're on the call, comment sex inside of the group so I know you're in there. That way we can put you in for the prize. So go ahead and comment um, sex. If you want to um, text message me, if you have my phone number, you can also do that. But we have to know who's on the line in order to get the prize together. Tyrone is going to um, pray us out and um, read some of our declarations, and then we'll be on live with Vita. All right, our declarations. We will keep God as the head of our relationship. We will not allow anyone or anything to come between us. We will remain faithful to each other physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. We will strive to make each other's dreams and goals a reality. We will be respectful in private and in public. We will, fit, we will fight fair. We will take pride in serving each other. We won't let divorce become a part of our vocabulary. We won't put our family ahead of our relationship. 
And finally, we will enjoy our relationship. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, God, first of all, saying thank you. Thank you for your word, God, that you have so graciously allowed us to share to your people. Now, now God, now let this word uh, not sit void, God, but let this word uh, marinate in our, in our hearts and our minds, God, so we may then go out and share it, God, to the masses. God, we thank you for life, health, and strength. God, we thank you uh, for the this assembly of our people. God, we thank you uh, for you allowing your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. Now, God, as we end this um, session, God, we ask that uh, you allow your Holy Spirit to flow through our relationships, through our marriages. And God, and particularly, God, we ask him that you allow us to have better, more enjoyable sex with our spouses. God, we thank you in your son Jesus' name as we pray. Amen. Amen.